Blog Talk Radio. Show. I'm Ted Rodericko, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, as I was mentioning to you off air, a little feeling a little bit better this week. Uh, uh, brought a bug back with me from uh, from my trip two weeks ago, and uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's beautiful weather in Buffalo. <laughs> That's right. It's actually pretty nice all over, uh, to be quite honest, around the country. All right, let me uh, tell everybody very quick, Cindy, uh, about the show. I see our, our first guest is, is waiting in the wings. Um, we got a great show for you this morning. Uh, it took a little bit of a hiatus. Um, obviously, I was on vacation for a little bit, and uh, Cindy had some things going on as well. So we took a little bit of a short summer break, but we're back now and uh, very excited to have you join us. Um, if you want to tune into the show, you can listen to us every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Uh, if you can't join us live, not to worry, just visit the link blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just type women of golf in the search key and uh, you can scroll down to the on-demand section, listen, us, uh, listen to us there uh, in the archive section. Uh, you can also follow us uh, by tuning in through iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and TuneIn.com as well. And again, just type in Women of Golf, and that will take you there um, when it's convenient for you to tune in. But thank you for those of you joining us live this morning. We've got a great show for you this morning. We've got uh, the winner from two weeks ago, uh, actually, uh, on the Symmetra Tour is Donald Ross Classic. Uh, up in um, the at the French Lick Resort, excuse me, and I'm talking about, of course, Stephanie Kono, and we'll bring her on just a moment. Uh, and then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by Kathy Milthorpe. She's the CFO for the LPGA uh, organization. We'll be talking to her uh, by the numbers, I guess, a little bit, Cindy. But um, so, Cindy, let me tell you a little bit about Stephanie, and then we'll we'll get the shows going here. Stephanie, of course, as I mentioned, won uh, a couple of weeks ago in the Symmetra Tour. She won the Donald Ross Classic, uh, held at French Lick Resort. Uh, she's from Honolulu, Hawaii, and was her first professional win. And uh, with an overall score of 11 under par, uh, she's a former three-time first-team All-American performer for L- uh, UCLA, excuse me, uh, which moved her up 79 spots in the Volvic race for the card uh, to number six. So she really took a leap with her win. Uh, she also climbed uh, 429 places to number 381 in the Rolex Women's World Golf Rankings, uh, and she's uh, has. A total of eight top 10 finishes in her career so very accomplished player so uh cindy let's uh, welcome our very special guest and winner this morning uh stephanie kono hi good morning thank hi thank you for having me well good morning stephanie and congratulations thank you i appreciate it 
Um, Sydney, I'm going to let you uh, go first, if, if you don't mind, and, and then I'll, I'll pick up after. Well, I need to ask you the obvious question, because you're from Hawaii. Uh, how well do you know Michelle Lee? She is actually one of my good friends. We grew up together. We went to the same school, and we actually live five minutes from each other right now in Jupiter, Florida. How cool is that? <laughs> Now, how much yeah, older are you than you? Um, we're the same age as far as the year we were born, but she was born a little bit earlier, so she's she was a year ahead of me in school. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, how often do you talk to her? How often do I talk to her? Um, when I'm at home, yeah. when we're both at home, we see each other every other day maybe. Awesome. Did she reach out and congratulate you? She did. It was very nice, and as well as a bunch of other friends. And, you know, that was really the best part about winning was just realizing how many people were watching, like, the scoreboard live on online. And so that was just really nice. That's awesome. And you know what's funny? It, it's not Delay is not denial, is it? I'm sorry, what did you say? I said delay is not uh-huh. denial. So it may take yeah. some time, but it doesn't yep. mean you're not good enough and you don't belong. And so what is your, um, what do I want to say, your outlook now that you've got your first win under your belt of many to come, I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I'm just optimistic. We have nine events left on the Symmetra Tour and um, I'm just looking forward to it and just I'm just trying to play my own golf and now that I know that that is good enough um, that gives me a lot of confidence going forward knowing that I just need to play my own game and it'll be, everything will be fine. How long did it take you to learn that you just need to play your own game? A long time. And honestly, going forward, I think there may be times when I still forget that, but it's it it took me quite a while, and I think it just I think self belief was always something I worked on, but I was so lucky to be surrounded by people that believed in me, so um, that really helped. But like I said, you know, I think golf has so many peaks and valleys, but I think it's just important to remember that going forward when. A, when I do struggle, and I'm sure some days I will. So um, I'm still continually working on that. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, Yes, uh, Stephanie, this is Ted. Um, I I just had a a few questions for you. Um, I noticed reading through some of the uh, the information that that Zach uh, from the Symmetra Tour sent over that Mm -hmm. uh, obviously I know you turned pro in, in, in 2012, um, and you actually have, have battled a few back injuries along the way um, before you, you obviously uh, have come back now. Um, were you at all uh, concerned about it? Were they, were they severe back injuries at all? And what did you do to get your, your back back in shape uh, so you could uh, go on and, and win a couple of weeks ago? I, um, I initially injured my back in 2015. I tore a disc. So I have a degenerative disc and a hernia. Uh, and it was herniated as well. So um, mm. that 
when the initial tear happened, I was out for maybe four or five months. It's just when it's a muscle tear, you just have to let it rest. So it was right. when that happens, the, my back just spasms really badly, and it I can't even really walk. So um, I re-injured it last August, and I was out for the last part of the season, and I only came back for T-School. I didn't get my LPJ card back, but um, I – felt pretty good about being back in Sumatra and just I just really wanted to work on my game. And then I um I went out to the second event of the Sumatra Tour season in California and I re aggravated it. It I mm-hmm. a couple of days before the event I was in my hotel room and like I said, when that happens I can't even walk. Somebody had to drive me to my hotel. I had to think about how I was gonna get up from the bed just to like even take a sip of water. Um, and so I had some heavy medication and then my friend got me back on the plane back to Florida. And luckily that was just a small aggravation. So I healed pretty well within two weeks and I came back, um, I rehabbed it. Um, and then I, my funny thing is my swing actually felt better after that. I was hitting the ball much better. <laughs> so the golf gods are definitely smiling upon me but um, I came back and I was like alright I'm ready to go and you know I felt ready but my game was still a little bit rusty I think in tournament golf I just hadn't played enough to play well so I came back and it took me a few events to kind of get going and then I started to play better and I felt I felt really good leading up to Donald Ross tournament and um, yeah, it was it was a challenge though because that course is really hilly. Like, I think if you ask anybody right. on tour, it was the hilliest course that we ever play, and it was in the 90s all week. So I was wow. really trying to take it slow every day, just kind of you know go at my own pace, and yeah, it, it worked luckily. So. <laughs> Well, you certainly mm-hmm. managed to pull out the win, and that's that's what's important. Um, yeah, it yeah. can be very scary. I, I know I have a sister uh, who's had some some back issues over the years, and uh, I know from uh, from her experience that it can it can lay you out uh, very easily if you're not careful. So, and um, yeah. and she certainly uh, doesn't play golf at at your level. So that's obviously something I know that you have to keep in the back of your mind that um, you've, you've got to be careful of over the years. Um, I, I want to ask you something. And I noticed also that through some of the notes, it was very interesting. Uh, Louise Reiterstrom from Sweden, uh, both you and mm-hmm. her uh, have something in common. You're both uh, were part of the UCLA uh, Women's Golf Alumna, and uh, you both found the winner's circle in 2018. That's got to be a little <laughs> bit bittersweet for the two of you. Uh, yeah, it's she's a great person. I unfortunately did not play on the same team as her, but you know I was so lucky to go to UCLA where. Um, I was surrounded by really great coaches, great teammates, and I think um, you have to double check this, but I think there's ten Berlins out on the LPGA tour, and I think a few of us on the Symmetra tour. So just oh, wow. the level of golf played at UCLA was so great. Um, obviously, we won a national championship my junior year um, in 2011, <clears throat> but just the level of golf that we had to play just to make a traveling team was so high that I think it really prepared a bunch of people to 
you know, succeed at the next level. Yeah. And, and that, you know, that's a, a great opportunity as well to, to play mm-hmm. uh, with, with some other, um, you know, women on a, in a sort of a team format. I mean, even though I know there's a lot of individual uh, yeah. competitions in that, but it, it gives you that sense of, of camaraderie and, and working towards a common goal. Um, and, and speaking of, of team, uh, when you were at UCLA and you were playing on the women's golf team, um, what did you, obviously, I'm sure that you've uh, instilled some of your knowledge and wisdom with your fellow teammates, but what did you learn from them? Was there anything that you sort of took away from that experience that's helped you uh, thus far out in the Smetra and, and LPGA Tour? Um, I think, well, my my freshman year, we had five All-Americans on the team, and um, some of them included Tiffany Joe, Maria Horibe, Sydney Michaels. They all play on the LPGA right now. And they were all older than me. So I think they just taught me how to work hard, but also to have fun. That was the main thing. We we really worked hard at our games, but we had so much fun as a team and on the golf course. And that was so important to me. And I, I'll never forget that experience that I had. So I just want to get back out there and be with them. And um, hopefully I can make that happen. Fantastic. Um, Cindy, I'm going to throw it back to you, and I'm sure you've got another question or two for uh, for Stephanie this morning. Stephanie, I'm on the LPGA Symmetra Tour website, and do, have you only played in two two events this year? No, I've played in – I think I've played in about <coughs> seven or eight. What do you do on your weeks off? If you're not injured, <laughs> um, <laughs> on my weeks off at home, I was actually talking to some my playing partner the other day about this because I get that question a lot. And as bad as this sounds, when we go home and it's <clears> the first or second day at home, I mean, I am on my couch all day. I don't do anything. I just want to veg out. But um, <laughs> that sounds really bad. But that's really my, what I go to um, when I get home immediately. But I guess my other hobbies, I, I like to play tennis. Um, I like to read. I like to go shopping. And my friends and I, we just love to eat. If you ask anybody, um, they can tell you that we can eat and put down a lot of food. I think Michelle actually has a food Instagram. So we just really enjoy going to different places and um, sometimes occasionally cooking, but most of the time we just like to try new things and and eat, really. I'm in. I'm in. That sounds great. (laughs) Let me ask you another question. There's a friend of mine from Hawaii that I'm sure you know, and I want to, um, what did you do growing up? Mary B., do you know Mary B.? Yeah. I do, yes. And this, did she help junior golf? Uh, yes, she ran the Hawaii State Junior Golf Association, and um, that was just such a great way to get juniors started in the game. And I that's what I tell everybody about Hawaii is that we have such a great sense of community, um, even outside of golf, but the golf community is so close and everybody just helps everybody out. And Mary B put together such a great organization for juniors to get started in the game. And 
made it really fun for everyone and just created so many opportunities to play AJGA tournaments on the mainland and to play USGA Junior Ams, Women's Ams. Um, and she just does a really great job growing the game in Hawaii. So I know Michelle and I are both really thankful to her. Um, but the community is really strong, the golf community. And, and like I said, everybody just helps everyone out. And so I was just so thankful to be able to grow up in a place like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. She and Charlie and Joseph used to stay at our house. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, my (laughs) husband and I played on the tour, and when they were in Rochester coming back and forth, they always used to camp out at the house, and and so our kids are friends with Joseph, and it's just it's amazing how golf really brings people together. It does. That's the best part of the game. It sure is. Very good. Very good. Let me uh, let me ask you. Uh, I, I just have a couple of more questions as well, and we know that uh, you uh, you have to move on. But um, you know, you talked about it being very hilly uh, when you were playing a couple of weeks ago at Donald Ross. Um, was there anything special that you did to prepare for that? Because obviously, you know, it's not a, an overly flat course, so there's lots of undulation not only in the fairways but obviously in the greens. Uh, anything mm-hmm. special that you do to prepare for uh, a more hilly course like that? Obviously, you, you've got to protect your uh, your back, but um, what about uh, your game overall? What did you do special to prepare for that tournament? Um, well, first of all, the lag putting <laughs> was essential because you're going to get out of position a couple times, and then you have to just be really creative when it comes to reading the breaks on the greens. But I think I went into it with a really good mindset, and I didn't really let the course intimidate me that much this year. I think in the past I thought, wow, these hills are crazy. If I hit it here, then I'm going to have this type of putt. If I hit it here, I'm going to have a crazy chip. But this year I thought, you know, there's really only a few flat spots on these greens where they can put the pins, and everything kind of slopes towards it. So if you can just hit it, if I could just hit it anywhere within that 15-foot radius, it's going to funnel towards the pin. And I was able to do that a few times. And I had tap-ins for birdies. So I think I had a really good game plan. And I didn't really let the hills and the the crazy greens intimidate me as much this year. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I think that's a great point, you know, for a lot of our amateur golfers that are listening out there, Stephanie. And, and that mm-hmm. is, um, you know, you can't let the course intimidate you. I mean, it might be a little bit daunting at times when you get out there and you have to deal with, uh, as you said, some, some awfully long leg putts. Sometimes it can be a little bit uh, overwhelming, but you, you've got to go in there with a positive attitude and just you know, give it your best and just prepare as best you can because at the end of the day, that's really all you can do. Um, now, obviously everybody has strengths and weaknesses. Um, what are your strengths in your game and what are areas that need a little bit more improvement? Um, it's funny, I think when my driving is on that can be my strength and I can hit the ball a good ways but when I am not in that it it can be streaky for me so that can also be a weakness but I think if I had to speak for myself I guess obviously I would say my putting is my favorite part of my game and I always feel confident with the putter in my hand so I think that's that's where I feel the most confident is on the greens. 
Yeah, and and that's you know, obviously that's a, a key area, and I think, um, and I'm sure you'd probably agree that a lot of amateurs spend too much time on on the driving range, worrying about how far they can hit the ball, and and obviously it's important mm-hmm. to to be good with your driver, but I think your short game, in particular your putting, is where you're going to save the strokes and and make up for it. So um, that's great that you have good confidence. Um, Stephanie, I want to I want to uh, and think about this um, as I'm asking you. Uh, I want to create a scenario here that you, you're sitting in front of a, a group of young girls, um, you know, maybe middle school or even earlier, um, that maybe have aspirations of someday uh, maybe playing on the tour uh, as you are. Um, what advice would you give them? I would say, first of all, the most cliche thing is just to have fun, have fun playing the game and make sure, obviously, for the parents to make to just have, let your kids have fun, um, go out on the golf course and just um, find a good group of friends that you can play with because that's really what makes golf the most fun. And then I guess obviously if you want to play in college, play a bunch of AJGA tournaments and USGA tournaments because that's where a lot of college coaches focus their attention on. And then um, – like I said, just have fun and see what happens from there. And um, anybody can do it if you work hard. So I would say um, just play a game, and then it can happen. So. Right. Now, what would you say, just sort of the flip side to that question, what would you say to a group that maybe um, doesn't necessarily share that ideal and, and looks at golf as maybe not being so much fun? What would you say to them to convince them to get out there, at least give it a try? <laughs> well, golf is a very, very challenging game, and it's it at times it can be a little bit lonely. You're out there, and it's just yourself. So I get it. I get why some people don't don't think it's as fun, and it can be frustrating. But hitting a you know winning a golf tournament or even just hitting a great shot is just so rewarding. You'll never forget that feeling of just hitting that shot that you you know, you envision and then you pull it off. So I would say just wait and see how it feels when you hit that shot because it's just, it's so rewarding and, it, and that's what really makes you come back the next day. Well said. Uh, and I hopefully yeah, uh, a few young listeners out. Yeah, go ahead, <laughs> uh, Cindy. Can I ask when you said it can be very lonely <clears throat> And, and yes, it, it can, because as I said, my husband and I both played on tour, so we know this. What do you do to keep yourself um, from unbelief and wonder and doubt and apprehension? How do you pull yourself out of it when you're in a slump? Now that you're not in a slump and you just won, mm-hmm. can you reflect and say what you've learned in this long path that you've taken? I think the most important thing is to surround yourself with really good people that believe in you and that can help you pull you out of that swamp because it's hard, really. It's, it's I think the loneliest thing is being out on the golf course and um, just having a bad day. It can just feel just... it's a bad feeling. I'm not going to lie, but it's, you know, when I'm off the golf course and when I'm surrounded by really great friends and family, 
and who make you feel like golf is just, it really is just a sport. I think that's the most important thing is just to surround yourself with people that put, lets you put things in perspective and to remind you that, you know, golf doesn't define who you are. It's, it's just something you do. So I think that's really the most important thing. Awesome. Thank you. I think that's some very sound and, and uh, great advice. Well, Stephanie, we want to thank you for, for joining uh, Cindy Miller and I this morning uh, on the Women of Golf Show. It's been very interesting, and, and we want to congratulate you again on your win uh, at the Donald Ross Classic, um, and we hope that you continue to um, have uh, pain-free uh, events uh, in the future and, and that you uh, continue to grow your game and, and meet all of your goals and, and desires uh, along the way. So thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Good luck. All right. Thank you. Have fun. Thanks. All right. That was a very guest, a special guest this morning, uh, Stephanie Kono, winner of the Donald Ross Classic up at French Lick Resort uh, just a couple of weeks ago. It's her first win on the Symmetra Tour, and I know she's very, very excited and uh and uh, very interesting, too, that she's, uh, Cindy, that she's uh, good friends with Michelle Wee. That was a great question. I, I, I wouldn't even have thought to ask that. It was a good one. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, never cease to amaze me, Cindy. Um, all right. So, um, and, and you've played, let me, uh, before we bring uh, Kathy on, uh, in, and I'll do the introduction here in just a minute. Um, you've, of course, we talked about this actually uh, the week before, uh, when we were on last time about the, uh, the French Lake Resort. Now, you didn't play the Donald Ross. You played the other course, uh, correct? The Pete Dye. Pete where, Dye, yes. Where you can feel like you are dying. <laughs> 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 but I absolutely well, love yeah. French Lick. I love the people. I love everything about it except uh, the golf course, and I will go back this year. And I'm going to try to tame it. And if I'm not exempt, I'm going to try to qualify because I cannot let it defeat me. So I must, uh, you know what, i got to say one thing. I, I was very surprised that she just said the most lonely place is on the golf course. I found that yeah. to be odd. You need to have her back. I need to find out why. Yeah, we will do that. We will uh, definitely reach out and have her come back on uh, you know what's very interesting, uh, Cindy. Let me just very quickly say, and then and I'll uh, I'll introduce Kathy. Um, you know, it's been very interesting about interviewing many of these young ladies. Uh, is their 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 thought process not only about their games, uh, but just life in general? Um, you know, we've heard many of them talk about you know just going out there and having fun, and you know and that's really why I asked the questions that I did about. Um, you know, what she would say to a group of young girls um, that might be interested in playing. Because I think there is a perception, uh, unfortunately, that, you know, it is tough and we know it, it is difficult and it could be challenging, but it can be a lot of fun and very rewarding. And as we both know, Cindy, uh, golf mimics life in so many ways. There are so many different challenges that we face through life that um, we also face out in the golf course. And learning and understanding how to overcome those challenges on the golf course sometimes can actually help us uh, in her life off the course as well. So uh, a lot of people don't know that, and I think that's maybe uh, an angle um, that uh, professionals could use a little bit more, uh, and I know some do, uh, such as yourself, but uh, maybe uh, that could be something that uh, 
both the LPGA and PGA uh, um, of America could uh, could maybe incorporate a little bit more. It's just so many of the parallels. Um, but let's bring our, our next guest on. Of course, uh, Kathy Milthorpe is the Chief Financial Officer for the LPGA organization. Uh, she's also Treasurer uh, for the LPGA Foundation, where she is responsible for leading the financial affairs and directing administrative and human resource functions uh, of the association's uh, national uh, headquarters. Uh, Previously, she served as Managing Director of Public Affairs for the International Speedway Corporation, or ICS for short, and also has been a Tournament Director for the PGA uh, Champions Tour. So let's bring on our very special guest, uh, Cindy Kathy Milthorpe. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. We are thrilled that you are here. Yes, thank you, Kathy, for joining us this morning. Cindy, let me just start real quick uh, with a, with an obvious question. Uh, for those that maybe aren't, uh, Kathy, familiar with, with specifically what you do, what is some of the primary functions of the CFO, uh, that position? What primarily do you do uh, for the LPGA and, of course, the foundation as well? Well, and thank you. Uh, There's probably days when I wake up in the morning and I'm not exactly sure what the day will behold, um, but having the luxury of of being uh, with the LPGA for some time now, um, probably about 26, 27 years, and while, as you mentioned in my introduction, I've had some other um, opportunities in in my business career, it it is certainly my first love being here at the LPGA, and, and really over those 27 years, the the landscape of my responsibilities have have changed. Uh, when it comes to kind of the financial matters, that's been the constant. Um, so we, you know, obviously as the the business has grown, we're not only operating just in the United States but around the globe. But as I've uh, as I've grown with the organization, it's allowed for me to really kind of. Uh, put my toe in the water as it relates to kind of overseeing our strategic planning efforts, to being really involved in most all of the business um, activities that that we do. Um, at the end of the day, you know, usually everything we do has some kind of financial impact, so I'm involved in that and, and having kind of the perspective of being on the tournament operation side and have seen what it what it's like to run a tournament to being in other sports properties. It's given me a chance to be involved in a broader sense of the business. And, and another big focus of ours is um, as, as the business has grown, our talent has grown, and we work really hard to attract top talent from around around the world, actually, to come to work at the LPJ. We have probably about 130 employees now. Um, the predominantly our operations are based in, in, in the Florida area, but we have a, a, a Korean-based office for, for our sales team there. We have employees that are based around the country at some of our tournaments. Um, and then we have employees that, for a large part, um, uh, work on tours, so they might live in their particular home uh, hometown and then and travel. So, I get I get the chance to really uh, be involved on the financial side, but be in a lot of parts of the business, which is which makes it fun and makes it exciting each day when I come to work. I'll bet, um, Cindy. Let me. I just have one other question, Cindy. Then I'm going to turn it over to you. 
Um, and I want to talk about the numbers a little bit because they're, they're very, very impressive. And, of course, I'm not talking so much about the financial numbers as I am just statistical numbers of the tour and how much it's grown just in, in the last uh, you know, six, seven years. In 2011, just to give uh, the folks an example, the number of events uh, for the LPGA was 24. Uh, it's now up to 34, uh, which is over a 40% increase. Uh, the purse has also, of course, uh, risen from uh, about $40 million to $69 million which uh, again gives you about a 70% increase. What was really a couple that were really, really impressive to me, uh, not that those weren't, was the social audience. Uh, back in 2011, you had uh, roughly about 35,000. You're now uh, over 7.5 million, uh, which is, represents a 21,000 plus increase. And then also too, uh, was the girls' golf uh, started back in 2011 around 10,000, now up to 72,000. And then finally, um, the television reach, if you will, uh, was reaching out to roughly back in 2011, 137.5 million, now up to 485 million, the potential reach uh, for this organization. Those are some very, very impressive numbers. What do you equate uh, a lot of this uh, substantial growth for the LPGA organization. What what really has spurned it in the last uh, six seven years? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and and I think I mentioned earlier. You know, as we as we look at um, kind of our growth and planning operations, I probably would say that to a large extent, it's really been a result of a couple of things. Um, one, the global footprint of the LPGA. Um, when I joined the organization back in the 80s, it was predominantly our, our, our players that played on tour were predominantly American, with some um, with a small amount of, of international players, whether they were coming from our, from Europe or very few from Asia. Um, that has changed, frankly, dramatically. You could look at the money list, the number of winners. You know, we now have LPGA Tour players from 32 different countries. We play in 33 tournament, uh, 34 tournaments, and in, in 13 different countries. So the global footprint, the global footprint of our athletes, the global um, demand for LPGA golf um, has driven a lot of that growth. And um, and that's really been um, – it's allowed for us to grow our revenue base because as you think about companies that, that we try to attract to become affiliated with the LPGA, uh, most of those companies have a global footprint as well, whether you're, you're Walmart um, to the large financial institutions um, to UL where we'll be playing the crown. Uh, we've played the last several years in the, in the United States and I'll be playing in Korea Virtually all of the, the the Fortune 100, 500 companies have a global footprint. So that that's been a that's been a big piece of it. Secondly, I would say is just the talent of our athletes, um, talent of our athletes, and talent of our teaching members. Um, when you look at the growth and the demand for women's sports, that has has changed. We still need we've got a lot of work to do, uh, but the engagement of our athletes, the engagement of our teachers when they're on the tee teaching individuals, um, that has really resonated with um, fans and with corporate customers. And, and we would say um, that our pro-am experience at LPGA Tour events, frankly, is second to none. I don't know that you would you could have an experience where a company or an individual could go and actually play with an athlete 
um, in a sports setting in any better environment than the LPGA. And, and while we think the world of our friends up the road at the PGA Tour, I still would say that our LPGA experience is, is, is the best, best in the world. So, I, again, so I think it gets back to the athletes. I think it gets back to our teachers, and it gets back to our global footprint. Yeah, well, I, I would I agree also maybe add that you know what what's interesting is, um, and I didn't mean to cut you off. There was is no, with the advent of the Olympics um, and golf back in the Olympics. Now um, you're going to see that global footprint even grow, grow even stronger, um, and it it is certainly um, as countries try to develop their athletes, um, there will be a big impetus to get them to 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 grow their skills and become a member of the LP. Tour because we are by far the the number one women's golf tour in the world, and um, and the the interest in women's golf will continue to grow. And we say really frankly around here that we're like the Olympics every week. We really are um, a reflection of the best athletes from around the globe, probably even more than any other tour. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree wholeheartedly. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you've got some questions. Kathy, I'm going to switch space uh, for a second. What do you enjoy the most about your job? That's a, that's a that's a great question, and and I you know I, I know it sounds cliche, but I I really um, I, as I kind of mentioned, I've had I've actually had three tours of duty here with the LPGA. I joined the organization; they were a client of mine when I was in public accounting. I was here for a while and 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 relocated to California for my husband's job, and so that's when I ran a Champions Tour event. Then got recruited back, left one more time to uh, to do something totally different and lobby in Washington, and then came back. And I would tell you it, it, it gets back to a couple of things. One, the people here and the culture is, is second to none. I love the entrepreneurial environment that we have here. I love the environment that we've created. Um, we, we talk a lot about a culture that is about act like a founder. Uh, when the founding women of this organization created uh, the LPGA, it was back in a time when there really wasn't any prize money. There wasn't any business infrastructure. There, frankly, really wasn't a lot of opportunities for women to play, and they uh, they did not unlike a league of their own where they uh, – they scored the tournaments, they paid out the checks, they competed, they were the PR. So we, we really try to embody that around here. Um, so, so, the, so the people, the culture, and I would get back to, again, the members, um, whether it's the teaching side of the business or the LPGA and Symmetra Tour players, we have a group of athletes and a group of professionals that are by far the quality people. Um, you know, it's just great to serve them, and it's a great to work with them. They appreciate the opportunities that are being provided to them. They want to give back to the organization. Um, they feel like that they are an integral part in making the business successful. So that, doggone it, you know, makes it really great to come to work every day and then uh, it's changing a lot we we've seen tremendous growth we see you know as, as the business has expanded globally it makes it exciting to try to figure out how to do business in new countries and um gosh I, i'm i'm a pretty lucky person to get to to be a part of all this awesome awesome that's 
Um, uh, you mentioned about programs, and, and I'm just going to name a couple of them. I know there's, there's many uh, in the LPGA uh, family, if you will. Uh, uh, two of them here are, of course, the Leadership Academy and, of course, the LPGA's Amateur Golf Association are, are just a couple of the great programs that the LPGA turns out. Um, how have they helped to bring interest to young girls and women to golf? What specifically can you think of that they've done to really, um, again, sort of spur that interest in, in women's golf? Well, and that's, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's probably those are two of the most the programs as well as what we've done with girls golf that we're probably the most proud of, and those have been primarily housed under the LPGA Foundation, which is what I would consider our charitable and outreach arm of the LPGA. Um, while our core business is running a successful tour um, and having a successful teaching and certification operation, it's important for us to grow the game. And um, one of the most exciting things about, about golf is that young women, particularly girls, are the fastest growing segment of the game. And, you know, when the statistics used to be Probably, you know, 80% of the golfers out there were, were male, 20% were female, and I'm talking about adults as well as, as juniors. We're starting to see at the junior levels those those numbers dramatically shifting, um, which, which means that the pie is getting bigger. Uh, so we've really focused at the grassroots level to get more young women to play in the game uh, with the girls golf and the leadership academies. And there's a lot of data out there that talks about how um, young women can grow their business and leadership skills by being involved in sports. Um, that yeah. um, so often women will, or young girls will, will leave the game, whatever sport they're playing, if they're not if they're not in the right environment to be able to excel. And we're not talking about young women that need want to go play professionally, just want to play right. you know, a sport for a while. And often they get stuck mm-hmm. in with the boys. And at a, at a certain age, particularly the young ages, creating programming that's for girls only is really key. Um, and that's what we've done with Girls Golf. Similarly, on the Leadership Academy is, is we – a lot of companies are focused on developing and attracting new young talent, um, either grooming their existing talent, um, some of their rising stars, to attracting young women um, into their businesses. And often we have found that golf is one of the great tools to be able to develop your leadership skills. Again, having confidence, having the ability to be able to network, having the ability to be able to be a self-starter. And so we've seen... We've seen dramatic interest in from companies in sponsoring our leadership academies that allow for probably it's about 30 young women. It has a golf theme, uh, so they so we integrate golf into that um, to, into some of the skills. We do everything from having a you know a shark tank to hitting golf balls over a wall, which is about you know conquering you know obstacles, playing you know playing with a blindfold on, and these are all really leadership skills that that allow for a young woman to either who wants to pursue college golf or just wants to pursue um, a great um, academic career and be empowered to you know kind of reach her fullest potential um, we're just seeing great growth in that 
on the on the executive side, or what I'd say the the adult side, the the LPGA Amateur Golf Association, we were, were really fortunate in that Nancy Oliver, um, who was a woman that created the Executive Women's <coughs> Golf Association, it's probably been now about ten or ten or twelve years, creating an association of of women um, that want to be involved in the game, and we we recently decided to partner with that organization and actually fold it under the LPGA umbrella. Because we believe there's a lot of opportunity to get more women who are connected with golf in some way connected to the LPGA. And currently there's about 13,000 members. Our goal is to get to three to 400,000 um, in the next, you know, three to five years. And we think that that's certainly doable because there is there's certainly a lot of interest, whether you're a young professional a, a a retiree that wants to just play the game to a person that's in their in their in their business career that recognizes the value of golf and the skills that are associated with that that you can you can use all your life so um, we're spending a lot of time on that we think there's a lot of potential to to connect those women with the LPGA, with our sponsors, with the game, and um, hopefully we can change those statistics so it's not 80-20, it's, it's at least 50-50, which is reflective of the population, and more women will be, will be engaged in the game. And, and I think we've got some great opportunity to do that. Uh, I couldn't agree more, and, and well said. Um, Cindy? Let me just check. I'm not sure if Cindy, Cindy, you still with us? Sorry, I had muted myself and forgot that I did. (laughs) (laughs) Go go ahead. So I've been fortunate enough to be on the executive committee of the LPGA and have had the opportunity to be in a lot of meetings with Kathy. And Kathy, I, I love the way you think. And, and I believe that the person that we haven't mentioned is Mike Wan, and I and I I love Mike, and I love his leadership style, and I love the entrepreneurial spirit that he has. Tell me what has helped you the most um, to think outside the box the way you do. What is who has encouraged you? Why do you do that? Because I love it. Cindy, I, I'm so glad that you brought up Mike Wan, and I, I would have been remiss in not saying that at the end of the day, he is probably one of the single most important drivers of the recent success that we've experienced here at the LPGA. Um, it was part of the reason why I came back to the organization from, from motorsports. Um, he is he is a remarkable leader, and he's created a culture that encourages, you know, all the things that you just kind of described about thinking outside the box, about taking risk, about understanding that this is a this is a passion. It's not just a job. Um, uh, we need to we need to be different than you know other sports organizations and you know he he is a he is a unique leader in that um you know he uh 
He creates a sense of excitement. He creates a sense of a very much a team approach. And I, you know, kind of call, think of it like, you know, football team or locker room mentality that every person is important to the success of the game. You know, if the kicker doesn't make the field goal, you know, it's not just about the quarterback. And so everybody plays a role in that. Um, when you think about thinking, I know sometimes it does sound cliche to think outside the box, but you think about the decision-making process for a fan or a consumer, and there's so many choices for all of us to spend our, you know, our dollars, whether it's taking a lesson to going to a sporting event. You know, you, you think about the decision tree, and we're competing not only with other sports organizations, but we're think, we're competing with the whole gamut of entertainment. You know, do I spend money going to the movies, you know, the theater, um, to other sports? So we, we do have to be different. Um, we have to be what's authentic to us. I mean, we, st- we certainly are in the golf business, so we've got to be true to golf. But I think if we, we conducted ourselves in a way that didn't create those unique experiences for sponsors, create unique experiences for the fans on the tee or people that are taking lessons, um, I, I don't think we'd be successful. So Mike's really created that environment and has really encouraged people of different backgrounds, different perspectives, different um, different approaches to the leadership team and the organization. For me, that's probably what's encouraged me to more to think outside the box. And, you know, you could say someone that's been with the organization 27 times, it could get easy to get in a rut, and we've always done it this way, and and not to have that fresh thinking. But that's what makes me excited each day is to not do things the same as we've always done it. Um, be respective of the institution of the game and maybe some of the things we've learned but also take some risks, some calculated risks that will allow us to grow the organization. So I think that's just the way I was raised, that, you know, coming to work is a privilege. Um, you, you should be giving 110% every day. Um, you you got to love what you do. If you don't, it's hard to really make an impact. And, um you know, I, I just I'm just darn fortunate to be with some great people that create that kind of environment around me. So and and working with you, Cindy, on on some of the leadership activities, it it, it makes it easy to to think outside the box and try to to do new things. Awesome, Ted. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, one of the interesting things um, I've had the the uh, honor and, and privilege of having Cindy. Uh, here with me on on the Women of Golf show, and one of the interesting things uh, about having her is not only is she uh, obviously a very hard worker, um, but really always continues to rise to the challenge of of trying to give back uh, to not only her community but but uh, others um, uh, outside of her community, and I think that's important as well uh, in, in a leadership role. Uh, I want to ask you something uh, a little bit different. I want to go to the PGA of America for a second real quick, and I want to get your thoughts on something. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, come this fall, uh, Susie Whaley is going to be taking over the helm, if you will, as the, pre- as the first female president uh, of the PGA of America. And uh, I-, I can only speak for myself, but I'm sure there's many, many out there that are very excited about her taking that position um, as the first female and I don't want to, you know, play on that too much, but it is a, a, a great milestone. What are your thoughts there? What do you hope to see her um, do in that position? 
Yeah, that's a it's great, and I and I couldn't be more excited for Susie. I couldn't be more excited for the game. Um, I think that she's got um, you know an extraordinary opportunity. You know, thank goodness, and and it's terrific that the organization saw it, um, saw her leadership skills, and the members saw her ability to be able to lead. I I think that there's a couple things. I think it's reflective of what's happening in society. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 she will be the first. Family female um, a, a leader of that organization. I think that she's got a great opportunity to be a spokesperson um, for particularly the growth of the teaching side of the game and also the business side of the game, which it's interesting in, in that industry, women are fairly underrepresented, which is surprising when you think of, and right. I, I probably don't have exactly the numbers, but if you say there's 28,000 professionals, there's only about three to 4,000 women that are, that are employed in the golf industry, which is, which is interesting. Um, you know, in my right. industry, whether it's accounting or other, you, you see a more balanced thing. So I hope that that encourages women to Enter into this space, see this as a career opportunity, because I do think that as in any business, and you think about diversity and inclusion, the ability to be reflective of the population allows for your business to grow. And, you know, golf in the United States has been relatively flat. It's grown a little bit, um, but I think an opportunity to expand that pie, get more women in the game, um, she's certainly has the ability to continue to help help that effort to do that. And and there's a lot of initiatives out there to try to grow more women in the game, but I think having a face, um, Susie as a face, um, certainly helps in that regard. Uh, obviously, the the other general societal, you know, impact of the Me Too movement and, for instance, what yep. happened with the Olympics and women uh, trying to continue to understand that they're an important part of the, of the sports landscape, I think we'll start seeing. You know, I, I hope we see that there's a lot of more opportunity for women to, to rise to to prominent positions. Frankly, she's just great. She's a, she's a great role model, and I and I think that that also aspires, you know, just young women to, to whatever profession that they want to want to. And then, frankly, and then last but not least, we have a great partnership with the PGA of America. They've uh, right. they've become a really important strategic partner for our, our KPMG Women's PGA Championship. They elevated that tournament to. Um, uh, to a level that we had not seen in the past, and that was that was preceded, uh, you know, preceded Susie taking the role. That that was Pete Pavacqua and his team understanding um, how important and how there's some opportunities there to grow to grow the game. So, you know, I don't want to throw it all on Susie's shoulders, but I think she will be no. a nice complement to what's happening out there. And at the end of the day, if we can get more women in the game and playing more rounds and um, watching more golf, that's great for the industry. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think what I hope to see from this um, time that she's in that position is, is really um, not so much necessarily a different direction, but maybe a fresher direction from the PGA of America. I know I've talked to many of the, the members over the years, and I think it's time um, that they also sort of get into 
um, a more modern um, development, if you will, and, and they certainly have done a great job over the years. And I know that, uh, as you mentioned, the LPJ is very excited about its uh, newer relationship with the PGA of America. But uh, I, I want to see, as do you, more women getting into not, um, <coughs> pardon me, not just the playing side of golf, uh, as in on the tours, but in the teaching side and the club professionals. I think there's a, some great opportunities for women. Um, to, to get in and develop and nurture their own businesses, and I hope that she uh, helps spearhead that through the PGA, through her uh, efforts at the PGA of America, that makes it um, uh, more opportunistic, if you will, for, for women to take that opportunity. Um, Cindy, any final thoughts or, or questions before we uh, before we close off? I'm good. I just want to thank you for joining us today, Kathy. Really appreciate you and your insights and all of your. Um, help with our executive leadership team. Oh, I'm I'm absolutely delighted. I was honored and privileged to be asked to to to, to call and and discuss some of these things with you. You can uh, hopefully you can sense my enthusiasm. It's a it's a fun time at the LPGA. It's a fun time in in women's golf and and thank you for for having this show to continue to promote um all the great things that are happening in the sport. I think we're you know the 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 future is really bright for for women in golf and and things that are going to happen in the in the years to come. What a great way to end the segment, um, Kathy. Thank you very much for joining Cindy and I uh, this morning on the Women of Golf. We we are certainly uh, we are honored and, and uh, feel privileged to have you uh, join us here on air and, and share uh, some of your great thoughts and perspectives of of not only the LPJ but uh, golf industry in general. I think it's. Uh, it's definitely uh, a very exciting time for the industry, and we're going to see lots of continued growth, uh, particularly in women's golf, and, and I'm all for that. I think uh, they do a fantastic job and have done for many, many years, and I think it's only going to get better. So thank you for joining us and sharing that, and we would love to uh, have you come back on again uh, when it's convenient. Would be delighted. Thank you all, and have a, have a wonderful day. All right, you too. Thank you, Kevin. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, that was our uh, that was our very special guest, uh, Kathy Milthorpe, the Chief Financial uh, Officer for the LPJ uh, organization, including the foundation. And Cindy, uh, I mean, you couldn't put it any better than what she expressed throughout the show. Um, she obviously is very excited about her uh, her uh, tenure at the uh, LPJ organization, and you've had an opportunity to work with her, so uh, you know firsthand uh, what her abilities are and her enthusiasm is, and and uh, obviously. Uh, she wants to, uh, as do you, continue to do some great work. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're lucky to have her. Well, and on that note, we are lucky to have you, Cindy Miller, joining us this morning as well. Uh, as always, I love having you uh, by my side. I mentioned that uh, earlier, and I mean that sincerely. It's always a pleasure, and, and I love uh, your enthusiasm that you bring, and and all of the uh, the great guests and so forth. So uh, on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, I'm Ted Odorico. We want to take this opportunity uh, once again to thank our very special guest this morning, Stephanie Kono, uh, winner of the Donald Ross Classic on the Symmetra Tour a few weeks ago, and uh, Kathy Milthorpe, Chief Financial Officer of the LPJ. So on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, we want to thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf Show, and we will see you next week right here on the blogtalkradio.com networks, Women of Golf. God bless everybody, and have a great week. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you, Seth. Bye-bye.